Well, once again, atop the leaderboard in terms of places where we host the Westwood Living mm-hmm. Podcast is the Muffin House. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Tom Lydon with you. Thank you for joining us. And I'm joined today by Erica Risha. How are you? Good. How are you? A lot of pressure on you today because... It was at this very location, this very table, oh, that I recorded what is one of our most popular podcasts. You should oh, listen to it. Okay. Lauren Watson from Watson College Consulting. Okay. She and I sat right here. All right. So let's hope a little I'm bit I'm coming of that, for you, Lauren. That good mojo <laughs> rubs off. Okay, amazing. Loving the fact that this is going to be our In Touch With feature for the July issue of Westwood Living because you are a native. I am. Westwood. So take me back. Take me back to growing up here, what it was like. Going through the school system, what you remember about being a kid in Westwood? So I just remember begging my parents to drop me off at Chili's and then go to the movies. So that was my big one. And now that is legacy place. So things have definitely changed. We grew up over by Bubbling Brook. Really, really fun. I have two siblings. We all, you know, grew up there with my parents and all that good stuff. And then Westwood Middle School, Westwood High School. I was part of the... um, group that went undefeated for a while for girls basketball so I played basketball ran cross country um graduated there and then I went to BC so stayed local most of my life go eags yes actually Lauren Watson was a BC girl too so it must be this table yes yes so take me if you would to the moment where you said you know I'm into fashion and I'm into clothing and I'm into trying to make a living in that world yeah so it's actually pretty crazy. I was pre-law at Boston College. I like wanted to be a lawyer, loved to read. I have a dorky side for sure. Um, and then the economy crashed and law school applications went up 250%. Um, Wall Street Journal released an article in 2009, the year I was leaving BC, that 90% of college grads were graduating unemployed. So it was like everyone was going to school because they couldn't get a job. And I had worked for my dad in his um, home decor, home linens, curtains, blankets, pillows, business, all throughout college, high school is my summer job. And so I got an interview with a company in fashion and I went there and then I started a food blog. Like it's all kind of like random that like meets at a point. Started a food blog and I found that while I was simultaneously cooking, teaching, educating there, I was working with a gym on like healthy meals that still taste good type of spin. And the f- more fit I got, the more people had something to say about what I ate. So I was like, this is weird, right? Like they're like, you don't eat the donut you post. Like you don't eat, you know, that pasta deal dish. Um, so I kind of said like everything in moderation is very real for me. Like balance is like the point of the company that I started. And that's how it started. It was like, I found this niche of like, people can eat and have like a balanced life. You can't eat the donut, right? So Fittish was kind of like born out of that. And Fittish Activewear has really taken Instagram by storm. You you hit it at just the right time because you think about how influential social media is. How has that basically defined the way you do business? Yeah, it's, it's everything. It is the way to do it. I mean, if I have an Etsy shop, And I can see that 92% of my sales through Etsy are driven through Instagram. Like they give you that fact. So it is my end all be all. I do a lot of markets and pop-ups and of course that's amazing, but you're in front of people. You can, the merchandise sells itself. But I think like Instagram is like it for me. I'm the older end of that, right? So now it's TikTok. Like now I'm trying to re-educate myself because I didn't have Instagram in college. I didn't have, you know what I mean? I am the older end of like the social media curve. So it's been interesting. Are you finding that you are going to shift more to TikTok or is that just going to augment 
what you're already doing you pretty know, successfully on Instagram. Well, if anyone from Westwood wants to be a summer intern, they can come run my TikTok because it is hard to learn it. I mean, it's a, it's a, and if you don't do it well, I think it's almost like more, it hurts you, right? So, What's your understanding of the difference? Because I, you know, I'm yeah. 50. Yeah. I'm older than you are. Yeah, no. You're older than a lot of the people who are using TikTok. Yeah. So what is... How do you differentiate between what people are watching on TikTok versus what people are absorbing on Instagram? I, from what I've seen, the things that quote unquote go viral on TikTok are items. Like they're teaching you how to like DIY, like do it yourself, wear this product, use this makeup. I can make you look like this. I can teach you how to cook this. I don't want to use the word educational because it's not that simple, but it's a lot of like, here's how to do things that other people do well. And like, we're going to go step by step. That's how I've kind of seen it. And are you comfortable doing that no. being the front person so no. how are you going to handle that no, i mean I, I need some help so it's educating yourself in a different type of way from like watching you know and then it's funny you like watch youtube to learn how to do tiktok like, you know what i mean they're all just connected but no I, I think it's a definite challenge i think it's a struggle and i do think i lean on resources that are younger than me or social media companies like well, i'm looking to find one actually to help me with that in particular but a lot of people do i think more is outsourced than people think mm-hmm. But the younger generation that grew up with it is so good at it. So I do think it's like know your strengths. You know what I mean? So I've watched the growth of Fittish since you basically started, I yeah. think. Pretty yeah. close. And it, from my estimation, correct me if I'm wrong, started with clothing. But there was a moment where you're like, wow, jewelry would work. Yeah. You took that turn into yeah. jewelry. And how did that change your business model? It changed everything. I mean, so my clothing, at your right, when I launched, it was 100% clothing, activewear, Fittish like small, large, like cute quotes, like we prefer donuts over dumbbells, like pizza over Pilates, just things like that. And then I would see like in the gym, like people's necks would be green or like tarnished jewelry. And like, it really was like fitting a need. So we launched about a year and a half ago, waterproof jewelry. So sweatproof, tarnish free, hypoallergenic, and it exploded. I mean, that really is what put us on the map. Um, and I would say now it's 60, 40 jewelry. Wow. Yeah. That's total shift. What's going to shift clearly is in a few years, maybe months, I don't know how long it's going to take, kind of how you do it. Because as it scales up, it has to change because, I mean, I don't mean to throw you into the bus right here, but there's a lot of box packing and shipping out of your basement right now, isn't it? (laughs) I I joke that my apartment is a fittish store. So, yes, 100%. So what's your vision about how that changes in the future? I think whenever you go mass, it becomes like an operation versus a one-person job. So my goal is always to be an operation eventually. And I do a lot of pop-ups. So like um, this coming weekend, I have a two-day pop-up in Newburyport. I have like, I work with a lot of gyms. I did a um, event with a CrossFit gym last weekend. So there's a lot of that that you have to carry inventory on like with you. Um, and then there's a lot of like the social media, but from TikTok, from Instagram, an item can go viral and sell out in a day. So, like, there's so much to learn and so much is changing where that daily sell is not normal without a TikTok. Isn't it also hard to balance what is inherently a desire for you to have great customer service and yes. a personal touch? Yes. As you get more and more sales, how do you keep up with that? <laughs> I always joke that I'm team no sleep. It's yeah, difficult, you can't sleep. right? Yeah. So, I mean, a perfect example, I landed from Los Angeles last night at 6. And I had like 10 orders to pack as soon as I got home because I promised like a one to three day shipping window. So it's hard. I mean, it's definitely hard, but I think I'm willing to do hard for something that I love. And you're at that point where people will tell their stories from 10, 15 years ago. Like, oh, I remember when I was sitting in my basement packing these boxes at 10 o'clock at night or whatever time you got home from L.A. 
And, and that's what I find fascinating about your journey and where you are in your journey right now. So advice that you might give to kids who are following your footsteps, yeah. kids who live in Westwood now, who are in high school, who feel the pressure. I yeah. mean, this town is lovely, but there's yeah. a lot of pressure For associated sure. with it because, you know, the, the whole picture perfect Westwood, yeah, yeah. everyone goes to college. That's not necessarily the case. But what sort of advice do you give to kids uh, based on what you've learned? Well, I think one of the things I don't share often, which people who hear this are like, you definitely should. I started Fittish with $500. Whoa. So my parents one year for Christmas were like, $500, like you guys buy what you want, right? Like you do this. And I was like, I'm going to start a company. I'm going to see what I can do with $500. And I started with a mug. And it said the word Fittish. It said the definition was likes to work out but prefers donuts over dumbbells and i sold a couple some of them shattered when i shipped them i mean i learned like <laughs> you learn fast right and then i sold them and then i bought a few shirts with the same definitions and then i bought a few things that didn't say cute things i bought like true activewear that i want to wear when i work out so think like lululemon quality but you know affordable prices and it just kept going and then it funded itself so the the thing i would say is like you have enough like whatever you have is enough to start um and if you have an idea it's a, it keep it close to your chest because i read the i listened to how he built this with sarah from spanx that built spanx and she said i told no one because everyone had an opinion and you have enough self-doubt on your own mm. and i just love that I, I say that all the time so when i launched jewelry i told no one i didn't i teased it on instagram and then i started I told five people and I screenshotted all of their responses. So we teased that way. Like, you're not crazy. Like, you have an idea and there's a reason you have it. And don't get me wrong. You have to do your research. I've done a ton of research. I've made a ton of mistakes. Like, I'm, I think half the mugs shattered when I shipped them. So I think there's just things that you learn. But I like the keep it close to your best because, again, that, that's just said so perfectly. Like, you have enough doubt for 10 people. So as soon as you start telling people and they poke holes, it becomes bigger. Your doubt becomes bigger than your idea. And I'm going to piggyback on your advice because I kind of went off on my own yeah, and did this it, whole it's thing, the exact same thing 14 months ago. And you do get a bunch of opinions, but you also get a lot of good advice. Mm -hmm. And some of it doesn't necessarily apply to you. Correct. Where you're like, eh, I get that, but I'm really good at this. Yeah. So I say when you're going after a passion understand what you're good at and start focusing on that area of totally. it because you're going to run into so many obstacles and so much negativity and so totally. many doors are going to be slammed in your face oh yeah that if you let that get you down yeah just walk away yeah you've got things that are happening that are positive totally and, and build on the positive and you'll get this too like you're just not for i'm not for everyone my company's not for everyone a woman came into i did a temporary pop-up during the winter and a woman came in and said what happens if i want the whole shirt I only see crop tops and I'm like, I think you're in the wrong place then, right? Like, and I think it's okay. Um, and you're, I'm okay not being for everyone. I'm not okay not being for everyone on like the quality scale. Mm -hmm. Like everyone should touch my product and everyone should wear my product and be a hundred percent satisfied, but I'm okay that not a hundred percent of the community will get it. If that makes sense. So when are we going to see a pop up here? I know. Hometown pop up. Yes. I actually, someone asked me to collaborate with them for Westwood Day, so we might be here nice. in the near future. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so the simple stuff. How do people follow you? How do um, they yep, learn so more about Fittish? Yeah, Fittish, F-I-T-I-S-H underscore activewear on Instagram, and you can find us at Fittish Active on Etsy. Fantastic. That's Erica Risha, the July 
in touch with feature subject for Westwood Living. And as always, if you have other people you think might be great for me to connect with, send me an email, tlyden at bestversionmedia.com. We'll hook up with them. We'll tell their stories and continue to bring them to you. So let's see if this table remains hot. Yes. And this has some viral legs. I can't wait. Thanks so much for Thank joining you. us. Thank you.